Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Ban- Belmont Banter. And today we've got Kevin Sugru on the other end of the line. Now, Kevin has, I understand, a lifelong affinity to Beckenham Town. That's what I've been told. But I've got no idea where Kevin's football journey started. So, Kevin, first of all, good morning, buddy. And uh, where morning. did it start for you and how old were you? Well, in terms of playing, most people say that uh, they they can't believe I was ever any good at football. No one could have deteriorated that much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the height of my football prowess was when I was about 10. And uh, uh, yeah, and then I think I was, I was okay. I had ambitions of, you know, being a footballer, but uh, I went steadily downhill, you know, from playing for the school. Actually, I played at the senior school. Yeah. It was my junior senior school. When I was 10, so the boys I was playing against were about 15, over at me marshes. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and they laughed when they saw me come on the pitch. Look, it's Frex. They used to call me Frex because they've got all these freckles. And uh, so for all the bits of skill I had, all that to do was lean on me and I was on the deck. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I played with the district at that time, which was about as good as you could get when you were a 10-year-old. Yeah. And then I went to, uh, I was lucky enough to get to a grammar school, but they were not brilliant at football. And, uh, you know, in those days, I don't know what it was like when you were playing, but the annoying thing at at school was when you had a Latin master or a math teacher trying to tell you how to play football. Not a clue. We had a a music master. Yeah. Well, it just so puts you off. Yeah. I think when I was about 14, the German teacher who was in charge, and I didn't like German and he didn't like me, he sent me off. And, uh, and so I stopped playing. Oh, wow. by, the time, by the time I left school, and I loved my football, but by the time I left school, about 17, I'd just take my A-levels. I'd, yeah. And uh, I, uh, I was looking at kids who I was much better than when I was 12, 13, and they were better than me. So I went from being a tricky right winger to a kicking centre half, <laughs> uh, which a lot of people do, I think, uh, and just playing Sunday football. But I always had this thing about being an organiser and a bit of a leader. So uh, at 19 years of age, I started running teams. Uh, I was working at Southwark Council and I had a brilliant job, the best job in the council, just the best. And I was the blue-eyed boy of the chief executive. And I started up something called uh, Southwark Sports Club. And we run Dulwich Common. Um, and actually, that's where I first came across David Weatherhead. Because um, I, I wanted to start a junior section. I ran, I ran a senior team. But I wanted to start a junior section. And... Uh, and I had a guy who was a neighbour of mine called Spud. He's still alive. He's about 88 now. Um, and, uh, and lives down in Kent, in uh, Kings Hill. You know that big development? Yeah, I know it, yeah. 
And um, anyway, that's he better. used to he used to scout for me. Yeah. Um, the schools because he had time to do a bit of scouting, and um, he came up with uh, with David and a, a number of other boys. Got you yeah. back now. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so we started up. Uh, I, I ran the team that David was in, but we had a whole junior section there, right, yeah. right from under nines, which uh, I think was what David was, right through to about under 16s or something. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And while I was at Southwark Council, that was fine. But then in 1987, I took a job at Hackney Council, you know, out of the frying pan. Into um, the fire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, whereas before I had all the sway at Southwark Sports Club, I could do what I want. They, they were a tennis club and a bowls club and a cricket club and a football club and all sorts of clubs. We had a great clubhouse. Yeah. But I used to be able to rule the roost because, yeah. because, you know, I was the blue-eyed boy at the council. And when I left, I realised no longer could I rule the roost. And a guy who used to manage the team at, uh, at Southwark Sports, a guy called Jerry Shepherd, he'd been tapping me up to move to Beckenham. So I thought, I'll give in to his tapping up. So I gave in, I moved to Beckenham, I took David and my team with me. The others all stayed and actually they attached themselves to Dulwich Hamlet. So the Dulwich Hamlet juniors are the old Southwark Sports Junior. And anyway, I took, I took my team with David in it uh, and, um, and, and I said to Jerry Shepherd and the other people at Beckenham Town, mm -hmm. look, I don't want to just put a junior team, uh, section together for you. I'll do that. But I will want to run a reserve team for the first team because I want the kids to come right through and start playing for the You're reserve. The yeah. That was it. it. It was the original academy. You know, we did it before Chelsea and all the others. And, uh, and so that's the way it turned out. I went and ran the reserves. We were rubbish to start with because... Beckenham Town didn't have a reserves. They just had a first team when I went there. So the, the reserves were, were, were new. Um, you know, we had a, a goalkeeper who couldn't raise his arms. Um, and so we were, we were getting smashed. Uh, but we started to get it together. And, uh, and so I did the reserves for about four years, I think. When I first went there, there was a bloke called Bob Chilvers, who is a great friend of mine and later worked with me with the first team. But he was the first team manager. But after a year, for, I think, domestic reasons, he decided to step down. Then the guy who took me to Beckenham ran the first team, Jerry Shepherd. And Jerry's a lovely fella, but he only lasted about a year. Then they appointed Mickey Wakefield. Do you remember the name? Uh, the name Wakefield, I do remember, yeah. Yeah, he ran Greenwich Borough when they had... Um, they had Ian Wright there, and I yeah. think the fellow called Smokey Gall. Someone told me that Bright played for them as well, but I'm not sure about that. But anyway, and they won the league. So Mickey Wakefield was a good catch, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, he, he didn't set the world on fire at Beckenham. He's a nice fellow, though, and I was running results. I'll tell you something about Mickey Wakefield. Lovely fellow. Couldn't count to 13, mind, because every Saturday morning... He would ring me up and he'd say, Kev, I need four players. <laughs> four players. How many players do you think I've got for the reserves? 
<laughs> sorry, need four players. You know, the rule was, and I was very observant of the, of the rule. Yeah. The first team came first. We were there to serve the first team. So I'd give him four players. I'd be on the blower to everyone I knew to try and put a reserve team together from the four I'd gone missing. There'd be another week when he'd say, uh, 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 look, I've got 17 players. You're going to have to take four. Oh, and, goodness me. <laughs> and, the, and the rule was, if you came down to the first team, you had to play. Yes. So I, I'd have to bomb four of the people that... Uh, that I'd originally selected for the reserve, so it wasn't it wasn't easy, but we got by because Mickey was a lovely fellow. He was a very yeah. nice fellow. Anyway, he lasted a couple of years. Then they went Beckett and went for some. But actually, me and Bob Chilvers, the bloke that used to run the first team, yeah. we we put a pairing together and uh, we we put our name in the hat to run the first team. But they didn't take us. They took this fella. Uh, Tony and another bloke, Owen, was his assistant. And they, they did all right. And they actually brought a couple of good players with them. And I always remember they used to have Dave Sexton's coaching book on, on the seat in the first team dressing room. And me and Chilvers used to laugh about it. Oh, I should think so, yeah. <laughs> However good a coach Dave Sexton was, I don't think it works when you take it out of a book like that. No, no. But anyway, they lasted a year and then... I think it would have been in about <clears throat> 1992 that that I took over the first team, uh, and Chilvers came with me as my assistant. He he'd started playing for me uh, for for the reserves, yeah. but Bob was a decent centre half. And I'll tell you a little story. I won't go on too long. Oh no, do you please? You got all the time you want. We played when he was in the reserves. We played Greenwich Borough reserves one and. We uh, we came in at half time, and I think we were about five nil down, and and I lost it. I, I'm one of those blokes that loses it at half time, and actually the boys like me losing it because it, it winds them up, you know. Yeah. So I lost it at half time, and I I looked at Chilvers and I said, Chilvers, that centre forward of theirs, I said he's gone round you five times before he slotted it in the corner for that last goal. He said, I said. <laughs> Just, I said, you know, just <laughs> pull him over, do what you want, kick him up in the air. And I'm not like that. I no. never told you. No. I, I completely lost it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Chilvers said to me, he's, he's just a good player. I said, if he was a good player, he wouldn't be playing for Greenwich Borough Reserves. Anyway, uh, about a month later, he was playing for Crystal Palace's first team. Oh, David, my David White, his name is. Oh, right. I don't think he's still alive, actually. Um, but he played. He played with Palace. He played with Charlton. Yes, he was. You know, he was a good, good player. Yeah. But but I wouldn't oh, have it. Cracking, um, cracking. Anyway, um, so me and Chilvers ran the first team for a, for a while before Chilvers again gave it up. Um, and uh, and and we had a great time. But I, I never professed to be. A, a great or even a good coach. In fact, most of my boys will will, will laugh maybe at, at my coaching abilities, but I tried. Um, and uh, and when they were kids, I think I did quite well by them. But but uh, when I was with the first team, Bob did the coaching, and he's a good coach. Bob Chilvers, very very good coach. Um, whatever level, he's just got a really good knack to be a good coach. 
you need you need to challenge the players. Yeah. You know, once they've conquered one thing, don't make them do that again. Do do different things. Um, and uh, and Bob was brilliant at that. And uh, it doesn't matter what you are. If you're a coach at anything, you need that ability to challenge people, make it interesting, and above all, you've got to have huge enthusiasm. Now, if you coach for a couple of hours, it's actually quite difficult to keep that enthusiasm and that challenge going for a couple of hours. Mm. But Chilvers was really good at that. Um, but he was a hopeless person manager. He'd, lo he'd lose it and tell people to off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas, whereas, whereas I'd lose it, I'd never tell people to get lost. And I think I think that was my skill as as a, as a people manager. Yeah. And uh, David said this to me once. I'm very single-minded, so I love to play a short passing game, and we do that in training and so on. If anyone turned up, right? Um, and uh, 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 but on a Saturday, the pitch at Beckenham, which is now brilliant, it is, isn't it now? Yeah. yeah. But for all but my last year, it, it was, was the worst pitch in the league. It was terrible. Awful. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. No way could you play a short passing game. No. So, so the, the big joke at Beckham was that Kevin was in the channels. You know, all, all yeah. I said was, you hit it in the channels. We used to practice the quickest blokes on either side, making runs yeah. into the channels, ball over the top of the fullback, whip it in, People bomb into the box, and that's how we got most of our goals. Mm. Um, but I didn't like playing that football. It's just that the pitch at Beckenham meant that you you absolutely had to. So um, so anyway, we we did all right. I mean, Beckenham was one at one stage over the only team that didn't pay. But even other years when there were maybe one or two others, we we never paid a penny to footballers. Wow. So there was never a, a hope in hell that we would win the league. Mm. You just couldn't. No. Yeah, the other, you know, and if we got a decent player and we, we had some good players come through our books, uh, they'd be off. They'd go, yeah. Because someone would, would uh, entice them uh, into going elsewhere for a few quid. Mm. I'll tell you another little story if, you've, if you're all right with my stories. Oh, I think they're brilliant. We had <clears throat> we had a kid called uh, Ricky Bennett. Oh, I know Ricky. I've actually been trying to get Ricky on. All oh, right. Well, he's a lovely fellow, Ricky, and uh, he was at Southwark Sports, not in my team, but in a team a bit older than than David Weatherhead and and the other boys in that team. But they were a good side, and they had a number of good. Carl Lieburn. He played, do you remember yeah. Carl? Carl, yeah, another, so he, another name he I know. Played top level football, yeah. the old first division, now Premier. Um, he played for Charlton and Wimbledon. We had another lad called Mickey Michael Bennett, uh, who played midfield for Charlton in that same team. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. I remember going to watch a lovely footballer, Mickey. I, I, I remember going to watch Mickey. And he was marking John Barnes 
at Jolton against Liverpool. Yeah. And I thought, isn't that lovely? A kid that you, you've seen grow up, you know, at your club, and there he is playing top-class football yeah. up against one of the best footballers this country has produced, you know? Ever, ever produced, yeah. Brilliant. So, so, so there was a kid called Trevor Booker, went to Millwall, there was another kid called Wes Reed, who probably was the best of all of them, but his knees went. He played. He was at Arsenal with George Graham. Um, he ended up playing pro football in Scotland because of his knees and then had to back it up. But, yeah. oh, some, some really good footballs. Anyway, back to, back to Ricky Bennett. So, Ricky, I, I don't know how I tracked Ricky down, but I did. I tracked Ricky down and he told me he was playing right wing back and I played him right wing back and then I could see that he, he was quite a good centre forward. And actually, I think someone tipped me off that he played centre forward on a Sunday, put him up as centre forward and he was magic. Oh, really unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, really good kid. And so the word got round that Ricky Bennett was a good player. Anyway, we played Sittingbourne in those days. I don't know where Sittingbourne play these days, but we used to play them in the Kent League and they sold their ground to Sainsbury's and made a load of money. That's right. And they went all posh and they had a new ground built and they employed a fella called John Ryan, used to play for Bright, and nice fella. Uh, they were paying him a lot of money. Anyway, we went down there, we put their new ground, we played Sittingbourne, and then after the game, John Ryan came up to me and he said, um, he said, Kevin, I want to be straight with you. He said, I want to sign your Ricky Bennett. So I said, oh, right, do you? Uh, well, it's a shape, Russ, but, you know, I can't hold the boy back. He's a good player. So he said, well, you know, if he comes to us, he said, a couple of games a week, probably, to the rest of the season, he'll be earning about 250 quid a week. Well, at that time, uh, that was probably more than Ricky was earning his full-time job. Absolutely. So... He said, uh, so are you all right if I approach him? So I said, well, look, the right thing to do is to speak to our secretary first yeah. because he's the one who deals with all the transfers. But I said, thank you for being so open with me, fine with me. Peter Palmer, who I think you've spoken to, yeah? No, I, I said, haven't. I, actually, I'm going to speak to Peter hopefully later on. I've oh, right. next week, yeah. We, right, couldn't, well, we couldn't quite get it together, so yeah. Well, we you are. can remind Peter of the story if you like. But anyway... Um, he, he, I said, Peter's there. I said, go, go and speak to Peter. So he went over to Peter and he said, Peter, I've just been talking to Kevin. And he said, I should come to you. I want to sign your Ricky Bennett. So Peter said, uh, oh, okay, what, you want to talk to him direct? He said, yeah. So Peter said, well, that's, that's fine. Yeah, we can't hold him back. So he said to Peter, so where is Ricky? And Peter said, he's outside having a fag. So, oh, John, John Ryan says, what, he don't smoke, does he? So Peter said, only about 40 a day. <laughs> well, he never went near him after that. <laughs> Ricky didn't smoke 40 a day. Ricky had about two fags a day. He was trying to stop. But that's Peter. That was Peter's. That was Peter's way of Lovely. stopping John, John Ryan getting Ricky Bennett. And he didn't tell Ricky. I've told Ricky since <laughs> that he missed out on 250 quid a week. And I've told his missus, she weren't too happy. <laughs> uh, 
but that oh. is very that's very typical peter yeah uh, that's brilliant but anyway so so as i say we used to we used to do okay for a club that didn't pay a bean we did okay but then you'd lose people i mean in the end we lost ricky he went to deal town good yeah. luck to him we ended up playing in the fa vars final at wembley yeah you know you can't you can't odds that you can't stop someone no. making progress like that but we used to finish in top 10 you know i think the best we ever got was about six it wasn't until my last season that we started paying and it's the worst season i had the worst the the worst because people weren't interested in improving you know i would say to them look what we need to do in training is you need to you need to learn how to be out wide when we're attacking tuck in when we're defending or something like that and they say okay, okay i must be worth another tenner i must be worth another tenner a week oh. and that's all they go on about money you know different players yeah not david not the boys i brought up but but the others just money 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 drove me mad uh so i i didn't I, I, I didn't like it. The fellow who put the money in didn't want me at the club anyway. Um, uh, and I think all he wanted Beckman for really was to help him with uh, Fisher. He was he was a fisherman. Um, you know, but fair enough. He he put his money in, and I can't knock that. But uh, it was the, the the worst season. But anyway, I mean, we made four cup finals along the way. Two with the reserves. Two with the First team lost the lot, so <laughs> I'm obviously a man for the big occasion. Um, oh. Yeah, and we used to Bob was was brilliant because Bob used to get us to dress up. We used to wear white suits um, with a with a red tie. You know, they're Beckenham colours. With yeah. red and red. So we wear a white suit with a red red tie. And I remember coming home from one of the finals we lost, and there was a kid called Terry Barry who went on to play with VCD. And Terry said to, to me, Kev, I don't think you should wear that suit uh, anymore if we get to another final. And I said to him, why, Terry? Are you superstitious? He said, no, it's because you look a prat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. So was, was it a bit like the Liverpool where FA Cup uh, suits all in white and all that sort of stuff? That's it, yeah. Oh, my God. That was brilliant. <laughs> But we had some brilliant times there and we had a great social scene at, at, at Beckenham. You know, players would stay on for hours and hours after the games. A, a lad called Norman Bungay, he never went home at all. He used to sleep at the club <laughs> uh, and uh, you wouldn't dare put him back in his car anyway. Um, but, oh, yeah, we, we, we had some great times. And every year we used to go away, you know, during the summer for a weekend, like not far, Bournemouth or Brighton or somewhere yeah. Uh, we got some stories, some, some brilliant times, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it was a great crack. But one of the things I'm most proud about, going back to David, is that some of those boys who were in my team, David and the boy I made captain, Matthew Belton, he was a, he was a born captain, you know, a, a leader from the age of eight, nine years of age. But some of those boys stayed with me all the way through and, you know, played with Beckham Town's first team, including David. Uh, and that's lovely. I mean, I feel so mm. good that, that, that uh, I was able to take kids 
right through from nine years of age, right through until they were about 30 odd um, before they retired. So they were with me all that time. So that's, that's fantastic. And they're my friends, you know, David's a friend yeah. and the other boys are friends. And the other thing about the importance of junior football, uh, which is sort of this academy theme, is, is that there were boys from other teams from the junior section, not just my team, who'd go away, you'd lose track of them, but they'd know you, they'd know Beckenham Town, and suddenly they'd appear again. Yes, lovely. So, so that's a, you know, a great source of, of players, um, just because they'd had a connection with you at some time in their life. And the final thing that makes me very proud is that of all those boys that I had, in that team that David was in, they all turned out good. Yeah. Now, I have this belief that, that um, team games are fantastic for building life skills yeah. that serve you well in later life. And the biggest uh, influence, I think, as a life skill is, that, is sharing failure. It's not, it's not the success. It's what you do when you don't succeed, yeah. and and you, uh, you you know you have to support each other. And I can remember there was a kid in, in our team years ago, a boy called Kevin Roberts. So I had this thing about every boy should have a go at playing centre half at some point because that taught them how to head a ball. You had to head a ball if you were. Yeah. Well, I know I know it's banned now, but. Kids don't want to head a ball, do they? Their shoulders yeah. go up, no. but the head, the eyes get closed. Yeah. They don't really want to hit it. So I put him at the back and he made he made an error and the other team scored and he was in tears. But the way all the other boys supported him, they're just fantastic. That's good, and, isn't it? And 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 it's that that's a sort of microcosm of the of the huge effect I think that team games can have in building life skills like that, that serve you well in later life, that you're, you know, that you, you support people, you're kind to people, you sympathise with people, you empathise with people. It's, it, they're brilliant for that. I mean, yeah. single sports, you can become self, like golfers, you can become yeah. very self, mm -hmm. um, but if you're in a team sport, you can't do that. You, can't you've, do. Got, you've got to support your, your teammates. So that, that's, that's the, the thing that makes me most proud. And, you know, we had some really good kids. Um, I mean, at the end, we had a very good junior team. Um, Jason Newell, do you know Jason yeah, Newell? Yeah, that name I know, yeah. yeah. He, he, he played and he, he, he not, I wouldn't ever get, take any credit for Jason Newell. He came to us late. Uh, he was already at Wimbledon. But um, what a nice lad, you know, really good lad. You could tell he was going to make it uh, because he wanted to kick with his left foot, he wanted to kick with his right foot, he wanted to be quicker, he wanted to be good in the air. The attitude was fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, brilliant. Uh, I, I, you know, I love the football and, uh, and I'm really pleased with what I was able to contribute. Yeah. Are you um, still, do you still get down the club at all? No, no, I don't actually. I'll tell you why, because I was there for like 20 years or something. 
and uh, and I just think if I was there and you know I started walking around maybe the change rooms or something, and someone said, "Oi, who are you?" <laughs> I, I'd lose it. I, it would it would so upset me that yeah. I'd lose it. I do. I go down there for that celebrate. We had a get together just the other week with some of the old players that we haven't seen for years. It was fantastic. Good, yeah, good. It was some great memories, absolutely great memories. Yeah. That's really good. Well, yeah. you know, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've never met you. Um, I, I, actually, as soon as you came on screen, because we're doing this on a Zoom call, I recognised you and I thought, wow, I do know you from somewhere and it's obviously got to be Beckenham. To, well, mean, how, long, how long have you been associated with Whitstable? About 25 years. Yeah, well, I would have seen you. I mean, yeah. Joe... Is, oh, is yeah. Joe still there? Well, actually, Joe is. He's the president of the club now, but he's uh, he's unwell at the moment. He's had a couple of operations. Yeah, we haven't, uh, because of COVID as well, we haven't seen him for a, a couple of years, but he still keeps in contact. You know, I give him a call as well. So Lovely man. If you, if you see him, speak to him, remind me to him. Lovely man. He was always very polite, uh, very generous to me. Um, he had it. You can remind him. We we had a centre half called Paul Gale. We called him Gailey. Yeah. He's about six foot four, five, um, and skinny as a rake. And um, he, he'll hate me for this, but he, he he can't kick a ball. He can't play. But he was so difficult to get past because <laughs> he had these huge long legs, yeah. you know. Um, and Joe liked Gailey. Ga yeah. Joe always said how good a centre-half Gailey was. Yeah. And he was right to see that because, as I say, he, he couldn't do 200 keep the uppies like yeah. uh, Wenger-type players, but but he was a very effective centre-half. And Joe always liked Gailey. Oh, lovely. I will remind him. Actually, I'll give him a ring after I've spoken to you, after yeah. we've finished here, because uh, I need to catch up with him anyway. So, right. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, it's been fantastic. So we've finished on a player that probably had legs like a giraffe, couldn't <laughs> kick a football, but nobody could get by him. Absolutely. Wonderful. And uh, your, uh, your tribute to, um, to uh, David, David Weatherhead, well, he's going to love that. Because he's a lovely lad, isn't he? A bit misunderstood, actually, at times. He, he, he is, yeah. He is a, a, a lovely boy, and, uh, and he did very well for me. I mean, and he's changed over the years, because when he first started, David was um, was a really good reader of a game. He had no pace, uh, but he was a good little footballer. Uh, but his reading of the game was the thing that stuck out more than anything. As he developed, he went from being a right back. He played a bit of left back for a while um, and uh, and then became a centre half and a really tough centre half. Oh, he's a hard lad, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and very fit. Um, and... To his credit, I can remember we played Thamesmead. It was actually when that when Keith, Keith was the manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we played Thamesmead, and Thamesmead were up the top of the league, and we certainly weren't. Um, but we smashed them three 0 and uh, Keith said that left back's quick. Well, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was never quick. <laughs> David conned him into believing he was. Quick. That's how good he got. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. No, he's oh. a smashed bad David. I'm, I'm, I'm a good friend and I love him to bits. 
Well, I'll tell you what, if you could do me a favour, if you could phone Ricky and tell Ricky that uh, I've been chasing him, because I want to get Ricky back on. Please do, yes. please do. Pass my oh. number on, pass my number on. Oh, well. All right, well, we're a bit time-sensitive on these, Kevin, but you're yeah, going to love yeah, Lovely, to, lovely well, to meet you. You'll love this when this comes out. You really will. So, from me here at Belmont Banter, two guys chuckling over football, it's me here at Belmont Banter and Kevin and Kevin Sugru on the other end of Zoom. Both of us laughing. Well done, Kevin. It's been a really good beat. Thanks, mate. I'll speak to you soon. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry, specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.